This episode is proudly brought to you by Gimme Stitches, a local creative business that transforms what you love into an adorable stitch piece of art. Gimme Stitches makes bespoke images of the people you love into detailed handcrafted portraits you can pop on your wall. You can choose anything. Pets and families. Kids. Enemies? <laughs> Perfect. These beautifully handmade pieces are by the phenomenally talented Tilly and Greg, who are dedicated to bringing the old art of hand stitching back into your home. Good Sheila's listeners get 15% off bespoke hand stitched family portraits, pet portraits, enemy portraits, or our beloved Courtney Stodden <laughs> by entering Good Sheila's at checkout. What would you get a portrait of, Claire? Uh, Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Follow Gibby Stitches on Instagram and get amongst it. Fun fact about Claire. Shortly after Claire gave birth to her second daughter, she had stomach pains, so she went to the doctor. She had to take her then five-year-old daughter, Stevie, who asked some very cute questions about the process of an internal examination before telling the technician that she knew exactly why her mummy's tummy was sore. <laughs> the technician asked the adorable idiot why. Stevie said proudly, because she put a mouse in her vagina. <laughs> Disgusting, Claire. <laughs> She'll stop doing that. I'm Richard Gere. <laughs> he put hamsters in his bum. <sighs> Hello and welcome to Good Sheilas, the podcast that will turn your stomach and warm your heart as we reflect on what makes all of us tick. I'm Bron, a Melbourne comedian. And I'm Claire, a human rights lawyer. And we're longtime friends, short-time mums and lifetime dickheads. Each episode we tackle something in the media as well as something in life that's kicked us in the gut. So strap yourselves in, mongrels, and get ready for Good Sheilas. Well, Claire, stage four. Four has hit Melbourne and stage four is broadly not a good thing. What other stage fours do we know about? Oh, I know some. So in labour, it means that the baby's out, but there's still a giant internal organ <laughs> that you purpose grew for your ungrateful human that also needs to be pushed out. Oh, good. And in diseases, stage four is very, very bad. It is my least favourite stage of cancer. <laughs> and Claire has also suggested that we talk about the fourth Star Wars movie as a positive fourth stage, but she's an idiot, so we're not doing that. <laughs> but we've had the babies. We've so far missed the diseases. Touch wood. And only half of us, the very clever half, have watched the Star Wars, despite a lifetime of me trying to tell Bron that it's extremely important for her personal development. I will not do it. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll find new friends. <laughs> Good luck in stage four, idiot. <laughs> so now the restrictions. In Melbourne, we are on curfew. There are numerous changes to the way we work, move and live. That's right, 2020 is the year that keeps on giving. Everything is cancelled and it's everybody's fault. 
Today we're going to unpack what all of this means for you, for Karen at Bunnings and all of our human rights. We're also going to talk about how bloody fragile we're all feeling in the midst of this. To talk about people who haven't got feelings, how are you feeling, bro? <laughs> I'm all right. I'm actually all right most of the time. I do feel like I've cracked a code, so I'm on cloud nine right now. Um, true. On, it's true. On the weekend, I watched a documentary about what's going on in Melbourne. No way. Already? What's, what's it called? It's called The Neverending Story. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a 1984 fantasy film by Wolfgang Peterson. Uh, some of you probably watched it as a kid with a mullet and wished you were the tiny princess with the bridal makeup and the pearl headpiece. Mm. Uh, some of you, maybe not all of you. Anyway, since watching it just days ago, I realised the parallels with this fantasy film and real-life Melbourne are just uncanny. So let me walk you through this, Claire. Let's do this. <laughs> it's, it's very simple. It can, to the untrained eye, and for those who have not been to uni, so this applies to you, Claire, it, you might not be able to pick up on all of it, but my eyes I'm are very trained. Go. My eyes are very trained, and I spent many years wagging uni, so I understand this through and through. Okay, so a fantasy land called Fantasia, which is Melbourne, mm. ah. is under threat by an intangible force called the Nothing coronavirus and that nothing washes through parts of the land and leaves nothing behind not a mess Claire just nothing like absolutely not even nothing and hopes and dreams not even a mouse in a very terrible place <laughs> the child empress the child empress is dying and so she symbolizes our collective spirit and she will die if the nothing isn't stopped and so there's a small boy named Atreyu, and that is Dan Andrews. And he has to save everyone, and he experiences many horrific things, like watching his beloved horse sink into the swamp of sadness, a place where you will only die if you, quote, give in to the sadness. So needless to say, that's depression, but I just worried he didn't pick that up. I'll keep going. <laughs> Through all the danger, Atreyu is hunted by this wolf and it's a terrible machine, but it is like this wolf has like green, like one green eye and one blue eye and it's terrifying and he's horrible and he just keeps on going, he's relentless. And so he's the conspiracy theorist and he at the end finally reveals himself to Atreyu and he says that he hopes that the nothing prevails because, quote, people who have no hope are easy to control. Okay? All right, you following okay. me? I'm here. It, great. It ends, Claire, this end, this, this epic film ends with a giant white flying snake dog that chases these children that are bullies down a street and he puts them in the bin, which I'm almost certain is symbolism of the rest of Australia completely giving up on Victoria. The end. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so that's where I'm at. <laughs> How are you going, Claire? <laughs> I, I, oh, I, I am also in a movie, and that movie is that one where that lady puts on a face to save her children, and it's not her face, and then Mrs. she gets divorced anyway. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire. That's the movie. I'm just trying to join in. 
And, and I'm Robin Williams and yeah. I've got a lady face and I wear stockings sometimes, but underneath I'm very hairy. Yeah, and, and and in some bits, when a lady shocks you, your face falls out, in, out of your apartment onto the road. <laughs> and it gets run over by a truck, and the truck is symbolism for my life being very messy and on the road, and someone runs it over. Oh, goodness, it is. It's, it does look tricky for you. So for those who aren't in Victoria right now, we have schools are obviously not happening, and for Claire, she ha- we've just learnt that daycare are almost about to finish so uh claire's now at home uh with two small children my two least favorite people (laughs) (laughs) to be frank and one of them is supposed to be learning and the other one is supposed to just survive and both of those things are really hard for them (laughs) really bad at everything oh my god it's just it's going to be a long six weeks but we will prevail we've done this before we've got a community we're dan andrews and we're never-ending story we're mrs Dalfire. this is called this is called symbolism let's bring it to town let's bring yeah. it to melbourne town let's stomp on this virus like dan andrews mrs Dalfire face <laughs> okay. the end. So yeah be whoever you want to be it's like any of those like beautiful sayings that we are told when we're little you can be whoever you want to be which is an enormous <laughs> lie and we are telling that to you Don't you can't do anything yeah you can't. So, have you seen the economy have you seen the unemployment rates you cannot be anything <laughs> so where are we at where are we at the pandemic has put everyone in a state of limbo we are all terrified of breaking the law and shocked as hell when we see someone ignoring it In the early stages of the pandemic, there was a wave of dobbers, which meant police stations were inundated with calls from people dobbing on their neighbours or declaring they saw a Facebook friend go on a holiday to Naruma. (laughs) Assholes. And (laughs) I would absolutely hate being a police officer right now, or actually since March. Never really wanted to, but I definitely know I wouldn't want to now. And do you know what I would have done with that wave of dobbers? I'll tell you, Claire. Okay, go away. Okay, good. To do with a giant white snake? (laughs) Yes, and he has a pearl necklace. No, it is – so the podcast, This American Life, did this experiment uh, where they asked a bunch of daycare workers what they spent most of their time doing. And the daycare workers were like, oh, my gosh, it's just dealing with kids dobbing on each other. That's all they do. such little knacks. That's all they do. And so what what these – these guys did is they put a tattle phone in the corner of this daycare room which was not connected to anything the tiny idiots could see the cords were just like just not even plugged into anything and every single time that they had to dob on someone the daycare ladies or men would say go and tell the tattle phone and so there was like this huge all day there'd be this huge line of kids and with their nappy bums and the snotty noses and waiting frantically to tell this tattle phone <laughs> some injustice that they just Idiots. experienced. And just it just brings me so much joy to think of them lining up and being like, listen to me, and then absolutely hearing nothing back because they're not actually listening for anyone to say anything. They just really want to be heard. And I'm going to let you know two of my favourite ones that these tiny idiots said. One of them, this kid who waited ages, said... Nathan farted in my face and I said yuck Nathan and he didn't and he didn't even say excuse me and then they hung up and fucked off and the other one that I really liked this kid really I don't know how well this kid was doing this day but wasn't a good one 
They must have been pretty deep into stage four. Uh, our baby turned into a ducky and I don't know how it turned into a ducky. And that's why her turned into a ducky and turned back to a baby. <laughs> and then she hung up and fucked off and just probably like, I don't know, farted in Nathan's face. It's just so good. And that's what I probably would have done if I was working in a police station. Tell the tattle phone, Karen. You probably would be a legal Brahmin. <laughs> Good. You are Karen Claire. From now on, I'm going to start calling you Claren. That's okay, Anne. <laughs> Idiot. So where, where are we at? So on Sunday, a state of disaster was called. That's right, guys. New state. New place. After we've been in a state of emergency since late March. The internet is being broken by a bunch of Karens who have decided that the restrictions are optional and the pandemic is in fact a scamdemic. On July 23, face masks became mandatory in Victorian public places and the state mostly just quite literally took it on the chin, but some dickheads didn't. No, they didn't. And I am here for the videos of the idiots at highway checkpoints, Bunnings and post office proudly exposing their faces and yelling things like, what law am I breaking? What <laughs> law am I breaking? And they look absolutely unhinged. And I feel for the poor dickheads who have to be on the receiving end of their garbage political statement but Claire what I need to know is are they actually breaking the law can you please clear this up for us I knew that my training as a chef would come in (laughs) handy at some point (laughs) so here we go unequivocally so let's start from the legislation because i know you're all here from free legal advice because you probably lost your jobs good (laughs) victoria where we're recording has a charter of human rights which makes our perspective a little different from the other states who mostly don't care at all about human rights because they're garbage and too busy eating children Same on you, Western Australia. Yeah, exactly. But Sydney aside, the government responded in the first instance to the pandemic by declaring a state of emergency under Section 198 of the Public Health and Wellbeing Act, which they should have called when Bron got got a perm, but didn't. (laughs) Don't call me Bren again. And also, don't tell me to get a perm again. You're the worst friend I've ever had. But by this declaration, the Chief Health Officer was given emergency powers to do whatever he deemed necessary to stop the spread of the pandemic. These powers are extensive. To reduce or eliminate the spread of COVID, he has power to detain people, like in the towers, restrict the movement of people, like all of us in lockdown under stay-at-home directions, and give any direction necessary to protect public health. The direction to wear masks falls into that latter category. It's completely lawful pursuant to Brett Sutton's powers under the declaration of a state of emergency as long as it's reasonable. And these things can be enforced under the legislation. But on Sunday, we called a state of disaster and things got a little escalated. This sits alongside our mate Brett's powers. So under the Emergency Management Act, extreme powers are placed on the Police and Emergency Services Minister where an event constitutes a significant and widespread danger to life or property in Victoria. And again, these powers are pretty extreme. Lisa Neville can not only control movement, but she can override legislation. But luckily, they come with pretty strict legal limitations. So our mate Lisa can only do what's necessary to control the spread of the virus. And these measures are only meant to be temporary. 
The last time they were used was for a little over a week during the bushfires earlier this year. But this time it's for a month, which is ages, mate. Ages. Sorry, ages. It is ages. But what... This is what I'm confused. What about human rights? Why is Karen at Bunnings yelling about her human rights? Is she right? No, she is not right. (coughs) She's not right. She's wrongs. She's wrongs in her interpretation. (laughs) But she's actually identified a really interesting issue. Thank you so much, Karen. So this reasonableness concept, (coughs) what is reasonable is really, really subjective. And it's going to be different for everybody. Your reasonable, for example, Bron, is different to mine. <laughs> yes, it is, totally. But I find your insistence to dance the Macarena at every wedding, even when there's no music, very unreasonable. Hey, Macarena. <laughs> I love that song. And I can take that as a prompt to get to the hairy, interesting bits, but enough about my legs. Some anti-maskers reckon that mask wearing is impinging on their rights. I've heard them described by these people as civil rights, civil liberties, individual freedoms, human rights. Unfortunately for Karen, we don't have individual bills of rights in Australia that can be enforced. The Victorian Human Rights Charter does give us as Victorians some rights, but they relate to how the state, businesses and institutions treat us. So for example, it protects people from being discriminated against in the workplace because of their race or gender identity or religion or sexual preference. But in these circumstances, Karen at Bunnings isn't being discriminated against by any attribute that I can identify that the law protects when she wants to buy houseplants for a shitty pergola <laughs> without a mask. The charter Projection, also- projection. Exactly, <laughs> shut up, Bron is a rental. <laughs> The Charter also give us right to things like freedom of movement and association and it requires the government to explain in every piece of legislation it passes how that legislation is compatible with these human rights. But the important bit here is proportionality, you guys. What that means is that even if legislation like the state of emergency, like the state of disaster, like the directions that Brett Sutton is passing to stay at home and wear masks, like the curfews and movement restrictions that the police and the minister have power to enforce, where they do infringe on our rights, it's acceptable if it's reasonable and it's proportionate. We're dealing with a deadly virus. It kills. We have evidence that mask wearing lessens its spread. We have evidence that lockdown stops its spread. It's a proportionate and reasonable limitation on our human freedoms. It is a measure that is necessary to stop the spread. Great. So uh, is the worst thing that can happen to you if you don't wear a mask, apart from getting coronavirus, is the worst thing that can happen to you from the police is a $200 fine and then that's it? Well, yeah, if, if you just kind of be like, right, here's my fine. But a lot of these silly billies are doing extra things like refusing to give their information to police and, you know, yeah. evading the police and they just complicate things to themselves by running away and, you know, attracting other charges. But if you think about it, if you think <laughs> about the... <laughs> I just keep thinking about your ex-boyfriend, Boyan, running away from you. risking somebody else's life is pretty bloody low yeah that's right see that's what i'm talking about for the people who and these are people who are not they don't they're not 
not wearing masks because they can't afford a mask and they're not not wearing masks because they're, you know, uh, like they're not scared of $200 fine. They're doing it, for, especially the people who are walking around filming themselves, like Karen and Bunnings is probably the most yeah. famous one. There's a bunch of other ones. For some reason we love to label the, uh, we love to kind of name and shame the women and not so much the men, but there are just as many blokes out there doing this. Yeah. The Warrens and the, the Kevins and the... Shane's and Shane's the Leo's, you know, yeah. Jonathan. Exactly. So there's just as many blokes, maybe even more. But we do love to see a hysterical woman who seems a little bit unhinged. And this is but why also, the Karens. The Karen name has just it has gone gangbusters. It has. They're now Karen's the amount of people exploded. we talked about Karen, I don't know what episode, many episodes ago. And um since then I have been or we have been tagged in so many Karen memes and stuff and I do love them. Like I'm a sucker for the Karen meme. But if for those who did miss that episode, we talked about how it is unfair, like the it is unfair that it is a gendered term and that we do probably need to find a more unisex name for such um, like such a difficult um, person, willingly difficult person, but in this Definitely. case, it is the media just really loves, really loves that it is a Karen. I do love that we are getting tagged in it, but I, 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 I am not supporting that it is a, just a yeah, solely we female. Need a, thing. We need a gender neutral rebrand, right? Yeah. and and we need to find a name that sits in the in, in the margins. And also going back to your point about, you know, the $200 fine, somebody who stomps around in public wanting attraction for not following the law is pretty cavalier about 200 bucks, right? So we're talking about well, privileged people. Yeah, but especially the, 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 the supporters out there for that. So this isn't just in Victoria. In Sydney, a lawyer named Nathan Buckley has gone viral for telling Melbourne residents, and actually Australian residents, but because it's mostly Melbourne um, that seems to be the hardest hit. He's mostly speaking to us. He's telling us that uh, we don't actually need to wear masks and he's launched a GoFundMe campaign seeking to raise one million Australian dollars so he can sue the nation's government and remove all lockdown restrictions immediately. And he is making all these silly, billy, impassioned statements because he wants to raise enough money to challenge everybody at the highest court of Australia to remove all lockdown restrictions immediately. We will end the lockdown laws, he says, and free Australia from the chains of the government's lockdown restrictions. Look, the terrible thing, mate, is that Nathan Buckley is probably going to find a lawyer who's like, sure, I'll take your one million dollars. I'll find this all the way to the top. But he will lose because he has a fundamental misunderstanding of But he is a lawyer. Works. He is. This yeah, is the thing that's confusing. He's a shit lawyer. Yeah, he's, and I'm sure that there are many shit lawyers, Claire. You've proved that every day. But it is. <laughs> this is like, so the, he is a lawyer. So he's obviously gone, I don't know, what. Not obviously, actually. I was going to say he's obviously gone to uni, but... He went again, to, like, if... the Port Macquarie Technical College of Arts and did, like, a certificate in, in legal studies and now he slaps lawyer in his name, mate. No lawyer would look at what we're doing in Victoria and be like, ooh, I'm going to go to the High Court. He's a dickweed. But he's, like, but he's got people behind him and he's got all of these yeah. people... Karens, Warrens, Darrens, who were like, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, you're totally right. And if you look at just, you just look at America, like the wave of people who are, are seeing this as a personal attack, this uh, mm. this requirement to wear a mask, or this requirement to stay home, or this requirement to just not be 
um, a selfish piece of shit. It is <laughs> that people are like, how dare you? No, I should be able to run my business. I should be able to go to that nail salon. I should be able to do this because it is my human rights. And it just, it is just bonkers to me reading the news. And I mean, they are definitely a minority. This is not like, like the reasonable people, uh, this is the one percent of dickheads but they are the people who are making these because we honestly we've we've got nothing else to do and we do want to see well like like me i love i love watching it i love watching the stuff of being watching people um be that horrible and thinking god how i am waiting for the moment where they fall apart but the one that made me (laughs) I've, i've seen a couple that made me actually quite um angry was that lady who was in the um that that high, highway checkpoint mm. and I don't want to say no because I don't really want to like give her much like attention I feel like she did this for attention and she definitely got it but it was a woman who went to a checkpoint was leaving Victoria or leaving Melbourne and she was stopped by a police officer and the police officer said where are you going can I see your license and she just kept yelling that one line that they love is what law am I breaking tell me what <laughs> law I'm breaking which and they're like I feel you not read the news like what are you doing and then that police officer just waved her through because he probably had a billion other things that he had to be doing in that moment and she made herself that difficult or just that like confusing to him like what I don't understand what you're doing that she actually went through and Christ knows whether she had like she spread something or who knows what but she like drove through that checkpoint and squealed with like such victory and I was so incensed after watching that because I was like, I'm annoyed that this has made the news because now I know her name and now she's probably getting a bunch of followers. But I'm also, what's made me even more annoyed, Claire, strap yourself in, is when, um, so, the <laughs> she, so she did a clip. So her clip was like, um, I don't know, two minutes. And she squealed away through and she ended up getting fine, fine, whatever, who cares. The other, there's another guy who went through and he had... Um, he got stopped at a checkpoint and the guy, the police officer was like, hello mate, can I see your license? Where are you going? And he said, you can't see it and you don't have to know where I'm going. And instantly I was like, fuck, this guy's a piece of shit. And this video itself that made the news, it was very, very low on the news. It was 18 minutes of this guy wasting three police officers time by like reeling off legislation that he has just read from the internet and he was like <laughs> actually oh fuck I can't remember saying he's going are you familiar officer with the statute of declaration and did you get that from the University of Macquarie Macquarie yes the Billabong University so it is so it is, so he's like, he's just like, he's read this somewhere. He feels uh, equipped. He might have done, you know, his first subject in, in law school, whatever. But he No, is, you didn't. Well, who, who knows, Claire? He had camouflage pants on. I couldn't see him. <laughs> I couldn't see him. He was a floating head. He was just really struggling. He was really struggling. This is terrifying. It was actually a miracle that he was driving. But he got through and he made, and he was like, he just refused. He refused, he refused. And I couldn't watch it to the very end. But what, and this, I know that I'm going off a bit of a, like a tangent here, but what made it's me. It's been s- 10 minutes. Yeah. Claire, you have nothing else to do. He will listen. It's but what true. makes me so mad is that, like, these people who keep, uh, these people who made the news, the girl made the news by by being a, like a, being a massive dick, by like going through. This guy like made far less 
news and he was even like he was maybe like 50 times worse than her and I'm just like this is still so gendered like this is still like the fact that we're using the word Karen and the fact that the fact that we are um, we're focusing on uh, uh, the, the women that are doing the wrong thing and mm. don't even get me started on the two girls from Brisbane who did that terrible thing of breaking heaps and heaps of laws of going there. But their their face has been plastered over the media far more than any of the security guards that were having sex with the people with coronavirus. And it is just, I just feel like there are so many, this is still so, so gendered. And it's and in a time where the world is a bit broken, I feel like women probably don't need this right now. <laughs> We don't. We don't need those right now. But also, this is a broader issue about what is the media doing? Because what happens when these kind of outsiders come in and do these really extreme things? They're doing it to do what? To get publicity, to get their followers to pay attention. And so we might kind of laugh at them and think they're fuckwits. Um, but they become little cult heroes and they're, they're, you know, their examples are shared and then people emulate them. And I think the media has a responsibility to, to just not say anything at all and make these people such outliers that they are not spoken of. I mean, every, for every person that watches that and goes, what a banana there's you know there's probably another that goes oh maybe they're maybe they're onto something and that's the problem with giving people airtime you give them legitimacy you give them kind of purpose and you give them you say okay well you're important enough to listen to so everybody should listen and that in itself is really problematic totally it's like do you remember that kid that dickweed uh, um dickweed Corey something Corey worthington oh, yeah the, the party dude yeah the party guy do you remember like he had this really outrageous party and he was a, he was he made a huge mistake but he was like 15 do you remember when that was like the news when the news was like a guy had a party and he was a real dick like and that was like the, where everyone was like whoa top of the news and now the world is ending the cul-de-sac is ruined come back Corey. hashtag we need you mary ann from number 15 is filthy about it did he die no, was that someone else? Didn't die, but he didn't die, but he was 15 years old, so he was a, definitely a minor. He made a huge mistake. He, some for some reason he went onto the news and was interviewed, and he just made an absolute fool of himself. So he was in a position where he had to either just stick to his guns and continue being a fuckwit, which he did, um, or say I made a huge mistake. But he had all of his mates behind him going, "Yeah, Corey." <laughs> so he had to, he had to just keep being a dick, and that has. It's like this podcast, right? This is a great symbolism. It's like your never-ending story. Our friend's like, yeah, keep going. And everyone's like, for fuck's sake, shut up. Shut up, Corey. I mean, Claire. Shut the fuck up, Claire. And Bron. None of my friends talk like that. They must be your acquaintances. But there is... So this is the thing. Like People are making the news for a lot of bad reasons right now. And we, I think we underestimated uh, how damaging making the news is. So these people who are making these really, these huge political um, statements uh, seem to be super misinformed, but we love making fun of them. And this lady from Bunnings, even though she was a huge dick and she was horrible to that bloke in Bunnings, for those who missed it, she walked in, was ready for a fight. She was filming it already. They said, you can't come in because you don't wear a mask. She said, absolutely, that's incorrect. And then she just reeled off all of this internet law stuff to them. And she recorded, she recorded herself. It. That's the weirdest thing so, about it. And so that, to me, is this huge red flag. If she is not mentally well... And so, I don't know, mate. I, do, I don't. Oh. I, I think, I don't know. Like, there. this is this is how cults operate, right? This is like the, the neoliberal cult 
where you know the government is out to get you and this is all a big scam and Bill Gates has like microchips and vaccines. Yeah, but that to I me is unwell. Into... Like that yeah, to me is I think not that's well. I think that's because we're we're so privileged, right? We're really we're educated and we're like relatively. I, I don't know. I just I, I think that I, I think that there's actually quite a high percentage, a troublingly high percentage of the population who do buy into some of these ideas like you look at remember when they were doing door-to-door knocking for the vaccinations yeah. and one in ten people were refusing them on the basis that they were they didn't believe in the in covid or that they were scared that the tests were some nefarious purpose oh yes like, collecting their dna yeah so like i mean that's the kind of proportion the community you're talking about and you're looking like trump america which is everybody's favorite comparison you look at the you know the 30 35 odd percent of voters who are like hardcore trumpians and it doesn't matter how insane or crazy that man gets or how crazy and awful the gop is they're 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 cultists they they agree with the principles they're not mentally ill they're just a little bit you know that they're just they're just conservative. Mm, yeah, but I but I, I I like I don't believe that this woman would like I, like if let's just hypothetically say she's not very well. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's I think that excuses the behaviour. And I no, think, I don't think we don't have any. I think it's an it's a lovely idea though, right? She's doing it because no one would be that that mad. No, I don't. I don't. I'm not excusing her behaviour. But what I'm saying is that that this is this has probably ruined. Like this could potentially ruin her life, and what it, the other thing that it does, it doesn't actually add to anything good. So this Karen has gone into Bunnings and said all of this. If there's someone at home sitting on the fence who's like, I'm not sure if I should be uh, wearing a mask or not, they listen to her. She's got lots of big words in her crazy old rant. They'll be like, okay, no, you know what? I, like she, that poor lady is outnumbered, and she's standing up for what's right. Her with those messages and this bloke in the car and the girl going through the checkpoints whilst like they might get fined, they what it, that that what they're doing is they're spreading this idea that you can say no to this. Yeah. And I think that but that's also, really dangerous. But there's I mean it's not just that. There's like like literally, you know, thousands of fines being handed out a day in Victoria for people who aren't home when they've tested a positive, for people who aren't following the rules. Nice. Like there are so many people who either don't believe in it or think that it doesn't apply to them or think that they're invincible and like this is this is that collective thing right like we're not we're not all not okay we're just really good at making bad decisions and thinking that things don't apply to us and that's like a really normal kind of human thing where it's it's like everything right you're like oh it doesn't matter if I don't wear sunscreen because I won't get but I won't get skin cancer or you know it doesn't matter if I drive the car fast because I won't be the one who has an accident everybody has that cognitive blip where they're like I'm invincible and this doesn't actually they're not talking about me yeah doesn't matter also what's happening doesn't matter if I put a mouse up my vagina no one will know things like this Claire (laughs) I get it <laughs> but everyone is on edge right now, and this is the thing: like everyone is going to to attack. So this lady from Bunnings, I know we talked about it a bit, but she went in there like ready for a fight. People are on edge right now, and everyone is too sensitive right now, which is a really, really bad mix. And I feel quite like even though I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait to get out of the house. As soon as I do, I can't wait to get back in because it's not. It doesn't mm. feel comfortable out there, and I feel like everyone feels the same. Do you think this or do you think that I am too smart for my own good? It's almost like it's a never-ending story where you were wrong. So, <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't think that – look, I think that we're all having very extreme emotional reactions at the moment 
but it's to an extreme situation that nobody is equipped to deal with because they've never had to experience this kind of lifestyle change and this kind of you know it's not just about lifestyle that's so that's so reductionist like we're we're looking at the collapse of the way that we live and people's jobs and relationships and just the way we move about the world is just gone and nobody knows when it's going to come back and so you know your life and everything you love has been hacked away at I think it's pretty reasonable that everybody is a bit on edge but I also think you know you and I have talked a lot in you know not just on the podcast but in the last few years about the way that we deal with emotions and the way that we feel for things and for ages I wanted to kind of I don't know just not feel I wanted to not have the feelings that I had and I thought that was really powerful and really important but something that I've been trying to work on is just being okay with that wonderful kind of plethora that 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 wonderful stretch of human emotion all the way from kind of absolute the bottom of misery to joy because that that that's the spectrum of of life right and right now we are you know we're, we're floundering at the bottom but what beautiful context that gives to how good things are normally we're so lucky and the other wonderful thing is that I have never appreciated little things like a sunny day before or a really nice tree or <laughs> like how delicious like a dinner is because we have to appreciate these tiny things that were always there. They were always there. We were just so busy and so lucky and so kind of burdened with frivolity that we didn't notice them and now we're noticing them and that's important too. Like I think we're just learning that we're kind of we're really complex and that this is really hard okay I'm gonna have to definitely disagree with you so um I think the first I think the first wave the uh well the first lockdown did that everyone slowed down everyone was like oh my god look at this house that I live in it is actually amazing or it's a piece of shit and I'm moving out like there was everyone had to stop and introduce themselves to the people that they lived with whether it was their children or their housemates or maybe themselves in the mirror and they had that moment where they were fuck I've moved so quick my life is too fast and this is actually a joy to slow down and to read that book that's been sitting on my bedside table every single night or to so you finally read the bible (laughs) and this is why I know everything Claire so stop interrupting me I'm a woman of God now no there is um, there's but there's you know everyone had that that moment and then when I remember when you know that first lockdown was lifted and the world started moving again and I felt like it was going too fast and I move fast anyway and you do as well we're both fast fast ladies we should I be have in the no Olympics. idea what you're talking about <laughs> why are you running I'm a snail of a woman <laughs> You're the you're the snake dog from that movie that I was. I was two years old. <laughs> anyway, listen to me. I'm a woman of God. There is, there is. Um, I feel like the first lockdown was what we needed. And the second lockdown, and this is what I feel like the general consensus and the right consensus, the consensus that's not yours, Claire, is that everyone is like, oh my God, do we have to do this again? And there's there's too much stillness and there's too much never-endingness about it mm. and even though, even when it was just six weeks being like okay six weeks of this and I was like that's fine and my my reaction to the first lockdown was like great they should have done this a couple of weeks ago because it was already yeah, it. it's fine let's do it again and then and then in the reality of the second lockdown is like oh my god this feels completely different and yeah. there has been too much time away from people have been 
for too long away from their workplaces or too long away from like you know school pickups and drop-offs that we are out of practice and we are not like we are taking tiny things to heart which we wouldn't ever usually do like I never take I feel like I never take things to heart and that is I, I'm not necessarily <laughs> starting it really? shut up Claire I don't actually I'm not actually starting now but I do I do feel like I'm noticing people's feelings more and I feel like there's lots of them and I'm sick to death of them but I understand I'm why they are I'm definitely not saying that this this lockdown is is easier like I, that's not that's not my pitch at all then why are you think, in love you know, with it why are you yelling at me why are you marrying it <laughs> why are you a white snake in a bin <laughs> <laughs> but okay the, the, like context aside of where I was at in first lockdown versus now, I think I, I like, I, I just don't think that we're too sensitive. I think that the level of sensitivity is contextual. And I'll tell you something that my therapist told me, because not only does everyone want free legal advice, they need free therapy. And everyone you needs come to the right podcast. Everyone needs Claire to overshare. Exactly, it's why you're here, right? Why don't I just open up my legs and show you the mouse inside? Squeak, squeak. But my my therapist said, and this is really, really lovely actually, that every time your brain or your body reacts to stimuli, like if you're, you know, if you're reading a text and it rubs you up the wrong way, or if you're outside and you feel a bit nervous, or you're anxious about something, it's your body telling you that you're not safe here. And that's a really, really powerful thing. And I think our bodies are actually learning a lot about how to take our context and just spending time with ourselves, right? And our body's like, actually, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I need to go back into that room where I spend 18 hours a day. Or I, I need, and like, and the text thing is really important. Like you and I have had these weird things, right? Where we've been texting each other and it's gotten weird and we're like, oh, everything's weird. And it's because of lockdown. It's because we're all so vulnerable. But what we actually need in this circumstance is affirmation. Like we need each other to be like, hey, mate. I love you. I value you. Everything's okay. And we need that more than often because of the context. That's where the sensitivity comes, right? The sensitivity is a need. It's a need for connection. It's a need for affirmation. It's a need for feeling loved when the world is going to shit. Because what do we have except each other? Look, I agree with that. I agree with that. And that's fine. I understand we all need our friends to kind of lean in a bit more. But this isn't what I'm talking about. I'm talking about these interactions that we have with people who are acquaintances or email, people that we only talk to really by email or with people who are working like email, any work emails right now or... You're not of, working right now. <laughs> but I'm talking about... Work. I'm, Claire, I have friends and ones that are much better than you and they are telling me about how... <laughs> They are, uh, they experience, they, like, they'll receive an email and like our friend Lawrence has been on the podcast before. He was telling me about how he's so sensitive about work stuff. Someone will send him an email and he will read it and be like, oh my God, they hate me and I'm about to get fired and this and this and that. And it's just an email that they have sent. And I know that Lucas has felt this as well, where he'll get an email from like a really curt woman and he'll be like, oh, this is, and that will ruin his whole day. And I know, and mm. like, and then I will, I went for a walk and I'm feeling on edge because everyone is feeling a bit funny and I will, you know, someone will beep their horn, not even at me, but at a, a car, but it'll be like 50 meters away and I'll feel like someone has just shot me in the back. Like everyone is so sensitive right now and to simplify it and say, 
we just need to say, hey, I'm here for you to every single person is just not reality. But what else is there? Like no one can, can't, no one can fix, like the only alternative is that we kind of have a cure for the virus, right? Like no, that's the, not going to happen. No, like, no, no, that's not what I'm saying. We can't anything I, well, else. Well, I think, I'm not saying we find a solution. I'm saying we just bring, like we just acknowledge it. Everyone is feeling we like We acknowledge this. it, but we be kind. Like, but the, um, yes, we acknowledge it. We're all feeling really sensitive and we're all feeling really on edge. But I think that like using language like, but it's too, it's too much brings guilt on everybody when we're already really stressed out and we're having a really tough time so I think the response that we should be having is okay yeah we're all really escalated so let's um so I I just I I feel I feel like you know that that requires a a kind of a level of just thoughtfulness with everybody because we can't we can't fix it we can't just change the way we're feeling we're all in fight or flight we're all in really kind of kind of mammalian modes of responding to our environment so the only thing we can do is just be a little bit kinder like if you're sending a work email just put a bunch of kisses consider a dick pic just make it feel familiar <laughs> like feel, make it feel intimate you know that's my legal hey, advice sexual harassment <laughs> is good it right makes now people feel good you know that's probably i'm not recommending that don't do no, that no we don't and sexual harassment is not it's good. not good but I, but this is and this is one thing that I think great one thing to us to say to, to people hey consider the consider everyone else's feelings and consider this and maybe give you give your mates a text or you know sm, you know I smile at people more or whatever this is great and we are, we're kind of preaching to the converted anyway what I reckon we need to do is to kind of start to think about the people who are overreacting at, at things and I'm not necessarily talking about Karen from Bunnings I'm thinking we're talking we're thinking about the people who are maybe being the people who are yelling about the masks or are making noise or are beeping or whatever. I think we need to recognise that if everyone is on edge and if everyone is feeling sensitive, it's just being like everyone, not that we give everyone a free pass, but we just need to either just connect with the people who we really, we get good vibes from and disconnect from people who we do not. Mm, yeah. And so this is, this is if we, if we know, an, if you know an anti-masker and you are so, is someone who is completely opposed to that belief, it is not engaging in a conversation with them because this is not a conversation that is going to end well. Yeah. There that, are too yeah. many, there's so much confrontation at the moment and I don't believe any, any of the confrontation is necessarily good. The Bunnings Karen thing was just like, it was just the, the bloke who had to receive her anger would have thought about that for so long. If I had to receive that kind of anger, I would have like actually made my skin bleed. I would have been like, how can you please get away from me? <laughs> so it's a, it's this thing of like when people with, with the world, the climate that it is right now, and everyone feeling a bit like vulnerable, it is a terrifying place to be. But I think acknowledging that no one really knows what they're doing right now and no one is in a familiar space is going to be able to allow us to get through this a little bit easier. Because that's the kind of shit that's helped me right now. Definitely. And just, I guess, taking that extra minute to just be nice to somebody. Like send them a text and just say that they're doing a good job. Or you do, like, it doesn't take long, but it might make a day change for somebody. Like, like you've had people do nice things for you recently, right, Brian? Like, you've had, a, like, kind gestures and they've made you feel really lovely. Like, it's important. Uh, today, one of my kids flushed the toilet once, so that's, that was good. That's nice. See, that's good. That makes you feel valuable, like a valuable person. Yeah. <laughs> like they should probably start paying rent or 
something. <laughs> but seriously, like reach out, just do something kind for somebody else. It will make the world difference. And somehow the beautiful circle of life will bring it back to you. And then we'll all be fine. And coronavirus will be cured and everything will be okay. Yeah, I'm going to have to disagree with you again. So I don't think I don't think that it necessarily is going to come back to you, but I do think that if you are feeling vulnerable and someone sends you a message that makes you feel vulnerable, I think you can say, "Hey, I'm feeling pretty sensitive right now. Can you give me a break?" And I think that that will make them uncomfortable and it, but it's just what you might need to do for your own kind of mental health right now. I think like owning your own feelings and saying I feel a bit shit or I don't really like this if someone you feel comfortable about doing with is going to save you a lot of heartache I'm so proud of you shut up that's real growth you can say when you don't feel good amazing (laughs) you're the most patronizing piece of mouse pussy shit did you get that from the university of Macquarie (laughs) (laughs) yes I was actually there looking for any of your accreditations (laughs) accreditations <laughs> and there was none oh, i love you and good sheilas this has been episode 19 where we have talked about karen and our rights and please join us next week because we have an incredible sheila coming your way who is it claire it is for our bicentenary that is what it is we have the magnificent claire hooper what no, it's true so famous, so real, and she's an excellent human, and she's going to come and brighten your stage four or just um, freedom. Freedom if you're in the rest of the world that is not Victoria. You guys, it's going to be a great episode. Please join in next week. If you know anyone who might like this, this podcast, please share it around. We are absolutely loving doing this, loving each other less and less, but the podcast itself has been such loving a joy. Fame sick. So join us for our bicentenary. It will be a big deal. I don't actually know what that word means, but it means it sounds really fancy. It's like Christmas. You're an idiot. Join us for Christmas next week. We've been good Sheilas. Bye.